Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the Podcast Review Show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. All right, today on the Podcast Review Show, we're taking a look at what cops watch. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the schoolofpodcasting.com, and joining me right over there is uh, the one and only Eric K. Johnson. You might know him as the Podcast Talent Coach. Eric, what do we do here on the Podcast Review Show? On the Podcast Review Show, we beat up podcasters and we make them cry. Oh, no, no, wait, that's the other show we yeah. do. On this show, we invite podcasters on to uh, to discuss their show. We try and help them find all the great stuff they're doing really well so they can do more of that and uh, to help them create more engaging content and just a sharper all-around podcast. And we'd love to have you on the show, too. You can find all of that information online at podcastreviewshow.com. And uh, the description in our good friend, Apple Podcasts says, Hollywood continues to tell the tales on the silver and smaller HD screens. What do they get right, meaning Hollywood, and what could they use a panel of experts on when it comes to process and law enforcement? Go behind the badge and get educated with the real-life law enforcement industry hosts, guests, and entertainment experts of WhatCopsWatch.com to understand more about what you see in Hollywood. So that's where we're headed. That's what we're listening to. We've got Mike and Chris tonight. Gentlemen, how are you? Good. Thanks great, for having us. Great to be here. Thanks again. And so... It's kind of weird because Mike, we've already talked to Mike. Chris, what what got you involved with with podcasting? Well, basically, Mike. Mike uh, <laughs> it's all Mike's Mike fault. Called, yep. Yeah, it is his fault. He, uh, I guess it was some years back, he called me up and uh, they were reviewing a show and he said, I'd like to bring you on as, uh, I guess, kind of a subject matter expert and review some of these scenes that we're watching in this uh, this TV show and tell us if it's actually the way that it is in uh, law enforcement. And that's how I got started. And after that, he uh, invited me in to start doing podcasts. We started doing the perspective reviews and reviewing other TV shows and such. So we've grown from there to uh, invite other law enforcement in and just try to get a unique educational and entertaining uh, show going. And it's, it's sometimes we, we start out and we actually don't know where it's going. It's just kind of a, a, a great dynamic that we put together with the different aspects of law enforcement we bring in. Yeah, you had quite the the cast of characters on the episode we listened to. You went over the fugitive, and Rick needs his own podcast. That's all there is to it. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, and the bottom line is that you can't get that many cops in a room and expect to hold it to a timeline. You probably have to have at least an hour per police officer for all the war stories and that, but that's what we're geared to. And uh, we, uh, we figured we would tap into some of that and bring that to our podcast. That's one of the things I really loved about this show was all the stories that you brought out. And uh, we'll get into that as we kind of peel back the onion and go through the show. Yeah, it did clock in at three hours and 55 minutes. <laughs> well, it, was the, it was the longest podcast I think that we've done. So that was the one that, that we sent you. And I think unedited, I mean, we were over five hours of holy cow so it was a real marathon i mean i thought i had that you know i have breakfast lunch and dinner breaks (laughs) 
you guys had mentioned Rick and Rick, Rick has more stories out of that podcast. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing. Um, the the want was to get and, and uh, not stay center focused, but to, to make sure that we were, uh, at least sticking somewhat to the fugitive review script. Right. Uh, As much as the stories are incredibly engaging and totally original. Bottom line is that there's some integrity you've got to have when you're keeping people's attention span. Yeah, that's it. We're going to listen to the first three minutes up to uh, basically how you introduce the show and you bring it on right up to the point where you get into your housekeeping. I'm Monica Schiltz from voicefarmers.com, and you're listening to another episode of whatcopswatch.com. They all wear uniforms. They're honored to wear the badge. They defend life and property and carry guns. While they're often called superheroes, they, in the end, are humans, just like you and I. This is WhatCopsWatch.com. I'm Captain Chris Giuseppe. I'm an author, a screenwriter, and I've been in law enforcement for over 20 years. I'm Mike Wilkerson, the media generator with thousands of entertainment podcast reviews across a decade plus, loaded and ready for bear. The television programming is out there. The feature films are bigger, more action-packed than ever, and out there too. It's a growing world of media, both on and offline, but what do cops watch? Get ready to cross the yellow podcast tape and learn more about the thin blue line. It's time for another episode of whatcopswatch.com. A man, a famous one, a surgeon that's murdered his wife on the run. The city of Chicago, law enforcement on his heels for two hours and ten minutes, non-stop. 1993's The Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford, was one of the most popular movies that year and continues to satisfy to this day. But what is it that makes it work? What doesn't work? What is it that you'll find in the movie that doesn't fit? What about what's real? What about what's not? We'll find out from law enforcement professionals of all kinds inside this, the perspective review of 1993's The Fugitive, starring Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones, a huge cast that weren't super famous yet, directed by Andrew Davis. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Chris Giuseppe, another host. Chris, we're joined by so many awesome people inside the studio today. Absolutely. Who else have we got here? Uh, I'm Pat Doring, sometimes a host. I'm Tommy Model. I'm a cop on the south side in and around Chicago, and I host uh, Free Field Training, a YouTube channel. I'm Rick Knight. I'm a retired federal marshal, actually senior criminal investigator with the Marshal Service. Now I'm just kind of semi-retired. I'm an investigator still. On my own, doing a lot of corporate security stuff around the country. Which a whole lot of work gets done in any way, as well as a monumental drive recently. So thank you again for coming Absolutely. in, Rick. It's great to connect with you. As, as everyone can hear, we have a massive source of knowledge, information, and perspective here inside this perspective review Absolutely. of The Fugitive. I can't wait to get to it. First, some quick housekeeping. And I got to say, one of the things that really impressed me about this was the introduction of your co-host. Because I see that a lot, and that's where the people try to be funny or whatever, and it's like, I'm so-and-so, I'm from the South Side, I do this. I'm I'm Rick. I finally figured out who Rick sounds like this whole time. I'm like, who does – he's got a little bit of Mr. Haney 
in his voice. Just a little bit, just a, you know, the guy from, I'm totally dating myself, but I just love the fact that when you got to the introduction of the people, it was like, here I am, here's what I do. Next guy. And it wasn't like, and, you know, any kind of jokes or anything. It was just like, boom, 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 boom. And I, to me, I was like, hallelujah. Cause I'm telling you, nobody gets that right. I hear that all the time. And it's always like, Hey, and we've got Jeff and Jeff's like, sup. Uh, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, so I just love the way that did. Eric, what were your thoughts on the, uh, on the intro? That was one of my favorite parts about the intro too. I love the fact that, uh, we hit everybody kind of gave their credentials and what qualifies them to be on this episode of what cops watch was, was really cool. I love that. We gave their little background. I would have liked to have heard that more throughout the episode because with five people on the show, I kind of get lost on who's doing what I, I kept up with. Rick the Marshal, just because of his thick Southern draw and who he was. But the other four of you kind of got lost in the mix. I would have liked to have seen because it's we're trying to take a an audio medium and turn it into a visual medium. I would have liked to have heard their titles. You know, maybe it's uh maybe it's Marshall Rick or it's Southside Tommy or it's Cheap Chris. Uh, you know, and then use their names a lot throughout the show. One of you guys needs to be the quarterback, and Mike, that's probably you. Um, Southside Tommy's got something and then Tommy could chime in with whatever he's got. That way we can kind of follow along at home and keep track of who's playing. When you got a guy like Rick, who's got the thick Southern drawl and we know he's the marshal, we kind of latch on to him. He's easy. But the other guys who are just Chicago guys, I would have liked to have seen that a little bit more. I love the fact that we hit the movie. We tell them exactly what the movie is, what it's about, why we're getting into it. What works, what doesn't work, what what's believable, what's not believable, what would never happen in real life. We kind of set that all up front and, uh, you know, we just roll up our sleeves and jump into it, which I thought was really good. The open had a lot of information, but I felt like the momentum kept up. It kept moving. Yeah, I, I like the production of the, the, I don't know how to explain it, but the the music was somewhat cop-like. It was that kind of, <laughs> not super dramatic, but just kind of like, here they come, you know, we, we're here, you know, and I'm, I'm here to take over and solve the crime. And, you know, it was just, to me, it was just a nice, I don't know, it, without being distracting, but it just, it kind of gave, like you said, a cool kind of momentum, kept the show moving behind the scenes. But really, I was looking at all my clips and they all kind of say the same thing. And I found a, a, a quick one here. If we go to how long a, a case takes. Right. That would be the reality. You getting the cop on the stand and him going, Man, that was five years ago. I can't remember that. That's reality <laughs> because, you know, in these high-profile cases, they don't go to court. Even some of these cases that aren't high-profile, the court system, the criminal justice system is going to tie that case up for a long time. Yeah. You yeah. just don't go to court overnight, and a lot of times that may benefit the defense. And yeah. so for me, that's – I was looking, and I'm like, I've, I've got like six clips that basically do the same thing. There was one where you're talking about Tommy Lee Jones – holding his gun against a wall underwater and he eventually loses it. And, and you guys are like that. I just wanted to scream at the screen. And I was like, which I think for me at least is what I was kind of expecting. Like, isn't that the whole question? Like how much of this is real? How much is this Hollywood nonsense? And for me, that was my favorite part of the show because that always led to, you know, Oh, I remember this one time this guy did this or that, or this isn't how I remember. Uh, there's one scene where you're talking about, they take time to put, 
bullets in their gun. And somebody's like, what are you doing? You're getting out of the car. You know, it's like, so that to me was like my favorite part. The, the parts where you're like, yeah, it's not going to happen that way. Uh, and, and Eric, did you have any favorite stories that, that kind of jumped out at you? That's the reason I would, I would listen to this podcast. It's the reason I love watching like cops and live PD is because I like to see the officers explain the whole situation. Like, here's why we do that. Here's why we cuff a guy, you know, it's for our protection and for their protection. You know, here's why we're, here's all the behind the scenes stuff that you always see, but you never really know about. And that's what, that was my favorite part about this whole show is that we just get a whole lot of perspective. And with this particular episode, you have so many different officers, you know, chief, marshal, uh, all of this good stuff and, and so many different perspectives. I thought that was, that was a great aspect. That's, that's what would bring me back to the show, whether it was two hours or four hours. I thought that was great. That was what made this whole thing compelling because we're getting a perspective that we don't get just from watching the movie. Right. The, the, the wonderful nature of everything that we're doing, especially with this program, is the chemistry set that we erect in, in front of the microphones every time we meet. Yeah. It's, it's never, in fact, it's really with anybody that we have, regardless of the show. It's, that's, that's why I podcast. It's what fuels me. Uh, the, the tiny bit of what uh, the education that Eric is talking about is what I thrive on without question. Uh, Eric, to go back to one of your comments, the mentioning of who the people are, yeah. there's a really strange dance that has to be done, especially in regard to law enforcement, um, not because they all want to be private and they don't want anybody to know who they are. It's just a matter of making sure that the, the vast majority of law enforcement officers, especially when they strike out on their own to come and do podcasting like this, they're not actually representing any municipality or an organization per se. They're, they're representing their perspective, their experience, and in particular, their name. The, those things I can focus on, uh, what we could call South Side Chicago Tommy, that label. He doesn't actually serve South Side Chicago. The city that he is in happens to be nearby South Chicago. And he took the time to drive to the places that we talk about and operates in generally the same vicinity as like where the hospital was and some of the other things that you see inside of the movie. So he was able to just go there on a day off at some point and go check it out. But yeah. So it, if you, if it comes to, you know, we need to protect privacy or we, we can't speak on behalf of the department and that sort of thing. I get all of that. Uh, change the names to protect the innocent or, you know, give them some other, you know, ponytail Tim over here, you know, it, that just something that I can connect to. Sure. So I remember, oh yeah, ponytail Tim. He's the guy. He's the guy. He's the only guy with the ponytail. So I remember him. Right. Yeah, and I think it's okay. I think you're okay with the, uh, you know, giving people, you know, nicknames or or loosely identifying them, you know, where they live and such. It just depends on the department, and and uh, you certainly are not representing your department there. You're certainly not representing the city that you work for. And as long as you stay away from that, you make that clear, you're okay. So, you know, the, the other aspect of it, too, is, you know, when we, we talk about the police culture and the culture of law enforcement, it really is a closed culture. It's really a closed circle. And a lot of cops don't like to talk about certain things. Sometimes they only talk amongst themselves. Sometimes there's even things they don't talk about, which is to their detriment, unhealthy. And one of the things we try to do on the show is kind of break the ice. Hey, come on in. Once, once you get them talking about war stories, 
you're going to have a whole bunch of them. And so. what, what, one of the most important things that Chris just said, and I hope everybody got it, including you guys, it, he didn't accidentally say that it's to their detriment not talking about things. Yeah. It is to their detriment not talking about things. Yeah. One of the things that absolutely allured me to Chris's perspective originally, because cops need to talk about the things that surround them to, to, to let steam off. Educate the public on well, who we really are, what we really are about. Um, you know, and, and, you know, if we turned our, our title into what do cops watch, it would be, well, they're like everybody else. We we're in this environment that's uh, uniquely trained. I guess we train the same. We uh, we exist the same and all that. But we come from these diverse backgrounds. And, uh, you know, that kind of comes out during a podcast. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for uh, an avenue, not just to entertain and educate, but also to uh, help the professional. Well, and, and we're talking about Rick. This is, I think, one of my favorite spots where you could be talking about anything and Rick will have some sort of insight. <laughs> and so we're given the, the impression that it wasn't Harrison Ford's character that necessarily was their biggest concern. There's the other prisoner right. on the bus, Copeland, right. that was causing yeah. problems the entire time. Like, be good. Right. They make it sound like this guy's some crazy serial killer that's killed 30 people right. Right. that's going down to Menard. You know, and I met that guy in real life. He's huge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. I stood next to him in this. He, he wasn't in the movie U.S. Marshals, the sequel. But he just was traveling been, through the air and showed up on the scene. He wasn't dead then. <laughs> but uh, he's a big guy. I mean, yeah, I mean he's, he's big. Massive. He's massive. He's a massive but, guy. Yeah. So it's always interesting when the guy goes, oh, yeah, I met him. You know, So that, that always, add, again, added more great stories, uh, instant um, credibility. Like, okay, this guy actually, this is the real deal kind of here. And it, actually, everybody that had a story, not just Rick, obviously, uh, had great stories and things like that. I, I think um, – to his luck, he has that southern draw that makes him stick out. Um, a- but Rick did have a have a story for everything. He did. I mean, there, yep. he, we could have gone on for hours just listening to Rick tell stories. That was awesome. Well, I finally figured out why house. Remember uh, at the last time we we when we're talking about curious goods, I'm like, what's up with the word housekeeping? I figured out this time why it makes me go, huh? Because really, what you're doing is we're going to start the show right after these sponsors is really what they are. They're sponsors. And so, because it's like, to me, housekeeping is like, hey, just so you guys know, next Thursday, there's not going to be a show because it's Christmas. Or, hey, just so you know, something. To me, that's housekeeping. And that's just a weird mental thing with me. But in the end, they're kind of just sponsors. But the one that I wanted to play, which I thought was interesting, is, and this is not, to me, I wanted to get Eric's opinion on this. I thought the music got really loud to where I couldn't hear the ad anymore. The Voice Farmer VoiceOver Academy, Acoustica's Mixcraft recording software, and the Editor Core, helping your podcast serve. Are you looking for a unique, perpetual advertising avenue? Be sure to contact WhatCopsWatch.com now about the power of perpetual advertising as you help to foster along a relationship between the public and those in uniform behind the badge. Which I thought was somewhat ironic because it's about an editing service. And I'm like, for me, I I really, when when he was saying the editor core, I was like, I almost cannot hear what he's saying. I had to really lean in and go, was that just me or was that too loud? Yeah, the music was a little overbearing. And music is intended to add some some flavor to the scene, which, Mike, you know, uh, and usually your stuff's pretty spot on. Uh, this one was just a little little overpowering. 
little little lost in the in the mix. Yeah. And then the other thing I just had in my notes was you said you'll make them sound perfect and you popped your pee. Uh, <laughs> and again, the podcaster in me like, okay, a perfect editor would go in, highlight that pee, take all the bass out, and it wouldn't be a popping pee. That's a podcaster thinking that. And I went, all right, we'll we'll leave that one alone. So when I looked at this and I thought it was interesting because you guys even say at the beginning of the show, well, we've got four of us. This is going to go on forever. So you know going in, this is going to be a really long podcast. Yeah, so she said the number 11 hours. I don't know if that, that was on the yeah, – might, well might as well not beat around the bush. I'll tell the audience right up front. Hey, look, this is going to be long. Yeah. So for me, when I was listening to that, I'm like, here's some things that you could have done to, again, not rush things, but like you made a game out of how much money did this movie make. And you're like, what do you think? 60, 80, 90, 40. Okay, well, I'm sorry you've all overbid. And then later you said, okay, how much did you think it make domestically? And I'm like, so how I listen to this show is I listened it through the ears, and it's no relation to Roseanne. Dan Connor is the chief of police of Lakemore, Ohio, and I know him. And the whole time I'm like, what would Dan think about that? And I'm like, does Dan care what this movie made overseas? And I'm like, I don't think so. To me, I was like, you could have easily said, hey, this movie's from 1993 or whatever it was. It made a hundred and blah, 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 million dollars over that and just like gone to it as opposed to making it a game. And my analogy for this, this episode is Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. And if you have that album, speaking of things that we don't remember, you can take both those albums because it's got November Rain, it's got a whole bunch of, but, Every one of those CDs is like 50% of it is like, eh, but you could take those two albums and make one killer CD and they didn't. And so when I see things like you went into a whole story about, I think it was Revere Magazine, which later turned into Cinefax. And that was, there was actually a spot here where you said, there were a few of these where you would ask them a question. Hype was a completely different beast back then. Chris, what do you remember from this film? I don't remember. I don't remember the hype. It was 1993. Like I said, I, I was, let's see, out of the police academy in 1991. I was a couple of years into my career. Mm -hmm. It would have been a movie that I was interested in because it was law enforcement based. Right. And, and basically you went around the table and everybody else said, I don't remember. I don't remember. But you did. Mike remembered because of Rever Magazine and Cinefax. And in the end, I'm like, but is this that cool cop story? And to me, this is where we're leaning back into film school stuff. And I'm like, that's the part that I was like, I'm not sure it it, it fit in with the two guys talking horror because this is more about the genre and the storytelling. And there's a little bit of that creeping in here that I'm like, for me, I was like, that's the part I would cut out and stick with the cop stories. And let's talk about the movie because – for me, when three out of four guests say no to a question, editing floor. There's no value to, hey, Eric, do you remember the time when we uh, interviewed that guy about the monkey podcast? Nope. Yeah. So <laughs> gone. So those were some things that I, I looked at and was like, you You also, there was one where you asked about the dam. And I, it seemed like you were talking about every single detail. You know, hey, did you see? And he goes, oh, I didn't drive down that way. And another guy was like, nope, I don't know if it's the dam. There's a dam over in the other state, though. And I was like, there's all this thing about dams. And I was like, damn, cut that out, you know. <laughs> so there there were a few things that I was kind of like, you know, it, it wasn't cop stories. And, and almost all those cases, it was film school stuff that I was like, mm, not sure. 
for me, that's where I started to get bored. That's when I was like, can we get back to a cop story or talking about the movie? Not uh, there was one flashback. Yeah, that- hold on, Dave. We, we are talking about the movie. There is no dam anywhere near where they're talking about. That's the point. That's the point. Uh, okay. Did you get that, Eric? I did. I missed that part too. Yeah, I mi- I missed that part in the story. The reason that none of them know that there's a dam there at the end of that point, it's because there is no dam. There. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, that didn't come through for me. Okay. I just remember talking a whole lot about a dam. Okay. And um. In, in in regard to going around the table to get their their inputs and micro members because of Cinefax Magazine, well, absolutely. Again, the legacy portion of everything that we're creating that is movie based is all based on legacy and memory. If we run the table and they don't remember, but I do, there is that insight. I mean, I, I the okay. So, never, so there's four people around a table, right. I would never cut one of them out. Okay. But was that, that thing of, I remember this from an old thing. That's not a magazine anymore. I don't think it's even available on facts is Cinefax. That's where I'm to me. I just went, did we need that chunk? Okay. I think Mike, well, if we look at the a minute and a half on, Premier Magazine, yeah. When I'm because when, when you I'm got a four, is- when you have a four-hour show and you cut a minute here and two minutes there, by the time you're done, you've cut out a half hour of your show. And when you've got three hundred people listening to your show, you just saved nine hundred minutes in the universe. You know, so it's it's to me, I, I that's maybe that's just me. That's how I edit. I, I if I ask an interview and I go, "Hey, Eric, what's your favorite color?" and Eric says three thirty. Okay, he answered my question, but he didn't answer my question, and that delivers no value to my audience. Gone, because I I am the goalie, and my audience is behind me. And if you throw me crap, I'm going to bat it away, because my audience is really, really busy. So I cut anything that does not 100% deliver value, and if it's not, I'm going to put it at the end, the blooper reel, where people can skip that. So that's that's how I look at it. I understand your perspective. Mike, it really comes down to who the target audience is of the show. Uh, who's listening to the show? Is it uh, are guys who are looking for an officer's perspective or are they film buffs or are they film buffs who love cop films? Like, I think we need to define that. And if we use that target listener as the filter for the content and then we just accept that, you know, maybe not every question works maybe not every question flies and and as you're editing it you just decide which ones you want to keep in and which ones you don't i don't think there's a a right and wrong answer when you're critiquing art just like there isn't when you're critiquing a film one of you like it one of you don't one thinks it works one thinks it doesn't that's just the way it is so it's just a perspective it's not it's not uh you're doing it wrong it's simply like it who is the guy that's listening to the show? What is, what is he listening to it for? What's he hoping to get out of the show? And is it a discussion on Revere magazine or is it a discussion on uh, the cop stories? Would the, would the gun really, would the gun in underwater really uh, work like that? You know, what, what is it that the guy's looking to get out of the show? And Dave and I don't know that only you and Chris know that. So I think if you define that, then you can decide, what needs to stay in the show and what needs to stay out of the show. If you want to make a four hour show, a stronger three hour show, then we figure out what's in the show that really is going to hit the guy that's listening to it. 
you know, it's not a slight to you that you remember it and those four don't. So we're going to take it out and, you know, we're sliding you by taking out your answer. It has nothing to do with the five of you. It has to do with the person that's listening to the show. And if we're trying to make it better for that individual, then we just run it through the filter. And if we go, you know what? It's a, it's a film buff who likes cop films and inside the minds of cops listening to the films and he remembers Revere Magazine, then by all means, leave it in. If that's yeah. your guy that's listening to the, to the episode, to the podcast, then he's your guy. We're basing our critique on one episode. Sure. You know, yeah. and so we're going, we're listening through our ears, you know, from a guy who likes watching cop shows and likes watching cop movies. And I got a cop buddy, but that's about the extent of my, my knowledge of law enforcement. Sure. You know, uh, I think I've been in the back of a cop car once and that's enough for me. And so... <laughs> Uh, that's a long story we don't need to get into. So we just need to figure out who's listening and what they're listening for. Yeah. Cause to and me, then, like, like and I, then we go through that filter. Yeah. Cause for me, like I said, I, I could see where cops would love this because it's like, Oh yeah, I've been there, done that with that. Oh, that thing. Oh, absolutely. And then I, for me, not being a super film buff guy to where I, I don't really care about the cinematography or how they use flashbacks. Uh, I was really into the, cause the, the again, the educational side of like, well, the what is really going on here? And there was one thing uh, where you were talking about how the feds come in and like, hey, we're the feds, we're taking over. And somebody right. goes, that never happens. That I don't know. They do that in every movie. That never happens. And I was like, that is really cool to know. That's the part that I was like, yeah, this is this is educational. It's entertaining, and it's getting there. But to me, I was like, again, every time we went into film school mode and we're talking about how they used the flashback and did it work, and you were kind of asking cops. How did you think they told the story with flashbacks? And that was just one I went, okay, I'm not sure. Like, did they go to film school? Like, it's not the cop. We're not asking them cop questions. We're asking them film school stuff. And I just went. Oh, we're, we're asking them storytelling things, and two of them are published authors. So, they, you know, uh, one, of the, and one of the things with our audience is uh, I, I think it is diverse. It is the, the question that you were asking of, you know, who is your audience? Who are you focusing on and stuff? It's hard to nail that down. I got to tell you, you know, just being in law enforcement so many years, people want to talk about it, even people that aren't mm -hmm. in it. So, I mean, you don't know. I mean, they come up and ask questions all the time. So that's what we try to incorporate, you know, within these episodes is, uh, is those things that attract people to our profession and to ask the questions and such. So, um, yeah, it is, it is a difficult thing to try to answer. Who is the audience? It could be a very wide range of well, yeah, it's a fascinating subject. But uh, to counter Dave's point when he was talking about making the box office take a game, I liked it because it was a it was a way to talk about the content in a different way than we have been rather than just spouting facts and discussing the facts and spouting point. facts and discussing the facts. It was a different take on it. Now, I probably would have only done it once. Like, let's go around the table and play the game on the on the the box office take and do one round of it. And then the second round, whether we're doing domestic or foreign or whatever, then I would have just done that. Cause that would have shortened that up a little bit. And, you know, we went around and you go around, nobody knows it. They're all way off. It's funny. Yeah, we're doing it. Now we're kind of telling the joke again by going around the second time and we're all way off again. And I think it has less impact the second time you do it, but I like the way you did it the first time around because it, it gives me a different, perspective. You're serving the dish in a different way. And I like that. I like the way we can take a, take a top and go, okay, how can we approach this differently? 
then we've approached all the other bits and pieces. So I like the fact that we went around the room, even though everybody was so way off, because that's kind of what makes it entertaining is like, you're not even close. Yeah. The the thing I was surprised with is number one, I don't, I mean, I saw this movie when it came out. So there was a part of me the whole time that was trying to dust off 25 year old memories. I just remember the guy doing a Peter Pan, as you guys said, off the, out of that tube. It, it wasn't until about two hours in that I looked down to see how far are we into this thing? So that's, I mean, I was really, when I saw four hours, I'm like, oh, this could be horrendous. And it wasn't. And I think that was due to, Thank God. yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, but no, so I, I'm just pointing out here that there are things that I would have, you know, I would have taken out, but it wasn't like the whole time I was like, oh no. In fact, the stories and just the fact you guys were having a good time. That's another thing that came through. You guys were having a lot of fun talking about these. And so I, I like that aspect of it as well. Uh, Do you know the thing that I, I realized halfway through this episode was that the fugitive and the marshals were two different movies because I'm like, right. Tommy Lee Jones is the marshal and he's chasing the, the guy who didn't do it. Wait a minute. Was that Wesley Snipes or was that Harrison Ford? And then, and I'm, and I keep remembering scenes of the Wesley Snipe one where they're running through the, the cemetery and the guys on top of the roof, the snipers on the roof and Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. And I'm like, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not, that's the wrong movie. We're talking about the Harrison Ford movie and I'm trying to recreate and I kept getting the scenes mixed up because it's Look, been. There's some splash damage there too, because Rick <laughs> actually serves as, served as the technical consultant on right. that movie. Yes. So, yeah, yes. Yeah. And I think what, what may have helped me uh, more as we're going through this movie was when you bring up things, I would have liked a little more description of the scene. Like there was one where you start talking about hidden weapons. And so I'm trying to remember, okay, where were the hidden weapons? And because yeah, it's been a while since I've seen the movie and, I'm, and now I'm trying to remember the difference between the Wesley Snipes movie and the Harrison Ford movie and who's got hidden weapons and where were they hidden? And I can't remember. And now we start, but we start getting into great stories about what were the craziest hidden weapons you've seen. And there's canes and there's this and there's that and all of that. I would have liked a little description of the scene. So Harrison Ford comes in here and the bad guy's there. And remember, he's got the thing that's the knife is hidden in the deal. And you remember that whole scene? And then we can jump off from there. So I would have liked a little more description there, but I thought the stories that followed it were fantastic. Yeah, that was the the thing I thought was always interesting. Anytime, like you asked, like, who had a ponytail? And in my head, I'm like, what? What we're talking about ponytails now? And then of course, here come the stories. And I'm like, all right, that's that's why that's in there. So yeah. any any time I kind of thought uh, unbeknownst to me, by the way, the only reason I mentioned a ponytail is because one of the characters in the movie has it. Right. Right. And right. there you go. So who had a ponytail? And of course I was I was actually pointing at Chris. You know, yeah, you'll I've that never, Chris has I've a never long mane of hair. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> watching Chris is balder than I was when I was maybe. Yeah. And so, I was and then of course it had to be Rick that had it, yeah. which was awesome. Yeah. And, and so to pay again, to pay respect to the table, I run around the table. And as we got to Rick, suddenly the room was silent. And it's of course, because Marshall Rick had a freaking ponytail. <laughs> right. Of course. That was awesome. Right. It doesn't matter what question you ask. We can drive some type of story you know, from that. You know, guns and roses. We'll, we'll go back to the riot we had here in St. Louis. Yeah. I was in the Academy. I did like the fact one of my favorite answers was, which to me kind of summed up the whole concept of the podcast is when they're talking about um, 
uh, is it draining the river? Not draining the river. It's uh, when you're looking for a body, it's dragging the river. Dragging the river. And, and you guys said this. And Tommy Lee's wanting to drag the river. Drag and the he river, says, yeah. he's fish food. And he said, didn't get a cane pole and catch him. Catch him. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It was right. great. It was great. And going, cool. going back to that, too, dragging the river. You know, we talk about going back to 1993 and dragging the river. You know, how would we do that these days? Um, I don't know. We'd probably call out 10 or 15 drones and send them up and, uh, you know, cover that area you know, in no time. And so to me, I just, I was like, well, that's, again, this is stuff I can't get anyplace else. I have no, I know what drones are. I know what cops are. I don't know how drones and cops work together. And now I do. And I'm like, well, that's really cool. Somebody got smart, you know? And I was like, that's a, that's a really great use of technology in crime investigation and in the whole police area. So I was like, that was really cool to hear. So that was when I was like, all right, that's cool. The next time I see a drone, maybe I'll think maybe there's a dead body in my backyard or something or <laughs> right. uh eric anything before i start getting into the the end of the episode anything else you want to mention about it like i say it was i was pleasantly surprised when i saw four hours i'm like uh and it was like it just here's another fun story and another fun story and uh, no i don't have a, a ton more most of it is about just describing the scene uh you get into a part where be hey be be aware of your surroundings and you start getting into the parts of that and i I was lost. I wasn't sure what that related to, to the movie. Cause again, it's been 20 years since I've seen it. Um, you get into some fake ID stories, which were hilarious. There were some great stories there. I love the stories from the officers. I mean, I think that is the strength of the entire show. We get it lost in the weeds occasionally here and there, but you always bring it back to the great stories that they have to tell. And if it would happen in real life, that's the thing that I ask most. That's never going to happen. Like, seriously, a guy's not getting in the backseat of a car with a gun. That just, it's not going to happen. He's not going to get out of his handcuffs and end up pulling a gun out of his sock that somebody just happened to miss. And when we get into stories about that, that's what I really love about the show. Yeah. When uh, there was a, a scene where somebody walks into the hospital. And you guys said, okay, well, here's reality again. And there was a lot of that. It's just like, which is, again, the whole point of the the podcast is like, okay, there'd be multiple checkpoints. And the fact that in the movie, apparently this person just walked in was, you know, like, look, I got a uniform. I'm just going to breeze through everything or what was going on. So but the I, part about that discussion was then we said, well, wait a minute. This was pre 9-11. Yeah. So, you know, there weren't as many checkpoints and he could go in and swipe a name badge and, you know, look official and yada, yada. And that, that kind of spawned this really really cool discussion about how things have changed from yeah. then till now how do you guys pick your movies because the only thing that it, it has nothing to do with your podcast it's with my memory is the whole time i'm like i've seen this movie and all i remember is him jumping into you know off the dam or whatever that was the only and it was harrison ford like you guys were talking about beard or no beard and i'm like he had a beard in that movie i'm like i don't even remember i don't remember what i had for breakfast so remembering a movie from 1983 <laughs> how do you guys pick your are, are they always like movies from forever ago or do you i guess it's a matter of you know like right now what cop movies are out now i don't you know what are you gonna no, do the I grinch mean, you know actually we've uh we're not afraid to do really any movie i mean we've done like Star Wars movies we've done. It, what, it, what it is is one of the things we try to do is we try to form the guests first. Hmm. So if we, if we find a movie and we can bring in uh, an ex-marshal, uh, for example, uh, Pat Doring is a hostage negotiator. Uh, we did the movie The Negotiator, which was loosely based on a real story that happened here in St. Louis. 
And Pat actually went out and did research and wrote a book on hostage negotiation and met the real person that took the uh, police officers and other officials, I guess, hostage. The guy had gone to jail, um, come out, and we had him on the show and actually told his perspective nice. of it. Too. So, you know, one of the things that we hone in on is if we can bring in subject matter experts or people that can tell the perspective you're not going to find anywhere else and then then we kind of we we form the movie or pick the movie around that and that just it makes for really great content that makes sense awesome yeah i think that's a great way to start is like find the expert first and then figure out what movie they love and really want to talk about and now all of a sudden you're talking about something they're passionate about i think that's a great a great method. Hence the name of the show. What cops watch. I'm like, okay, now now that makes even more sense. So not not who watches this crap. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, here's how they wrapped up the, uh, the end of the episode. Great. Thank you again for coming everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. This is the end of your tour of duty. Another episode of what cops watch has been filed in records, but another scene is taking shape. So many dirtbags, so little time. Check back again soon to whatcopswatch.com and join us back in the squad room for your next assignment. Don't be late. This isn't a request. Are you a cop? You want to tell us about what you watch and why? Contact us by visiting whatcopswatch.com. There you can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us via iTunes and get regular briefings directly from your duty sergeant. Thanks for listening, and remember, after your tour of duty, hang up your duty belt, grab some coffee, kick back in that recliner, and listen to the next episode of WhatCopsWatch.com. I really like the production of that. Oh, thanks. That was... Uh, fun, and the, the, the neat part is when Chris and I were concepting it, I, I literally just I, I looked at him and I go, so... Okay, so is it like Hill Street Blues and everybody files out of that room that everybody's in and he goes, okay, everybody take care out there, whatever his line was. <laughs> and, and Chris goes, well, no, not, not, not always. And I go, so what do they say? And so Chris and I sitting there for five or ten minutes gives me the concepts and ideas. And then we take that and we, you know, the, the one is that you're, okay, let's get back in the squad, get back at it, get after it. And what you just heard is the amalgam of the thoughts that we had with some great, uh, not only great sound production, but also the music that you guys have already mentioned. I I meant to mention this earlier, that music was done by a a good friend of mine here in St. Louis. And for those of you that don't know where to find really great music, look around you. There, There are many, many people that are not only willing, but want to write really great music, especially if there's no lyrics. There's a, there's a lot of people that just write really great music. And if you just ask them, I need, I need three minutes of good music. I need some just dead time or music's playing to so layer it in on the breaks or whatever. And, and, and go, and they'll do it. They'll absolutely do it. Eric, what were your thoughts on uh, how to wrap things up? I liked it. I liked the, the call to action to get cops involved because more stories we can get from, from different perspectives always make the show stronger. So I love the call to action there. It was nice and clean. Love the production value. I love the, walkie talkie radio signals and stuff that just, it adds to the ambiance of the show. So I thought the, I thought the close was tight. Yeah. I love the fact that they said the website, you know, and you said it nice. And a lot of times people love when they get to their website, 
They're like, and uh, if you want to subscribe, go out to, uh, you know, podcastreviewshow.com. You're like, why did you, like, is, is there a contest going on? The faster you say your domain name, <laughs> you win a prize. So it was like, whatcopswatch.com. And I was like, thank you. I can actually hear that, understand that, write it down. People say their website so often that they figure, well, everybody knows it by now. I mean, we're 50 episodes in, everybody's heard it. And you have new listeners all the time. So take pride in it, take ownership in it, and you do that well. So speaking of the website, uh, if you're listening to this in the audio version, there is a video version out of the website. And the one thing that we've kind of talked, because it's the same website we talked about in our last episode, when I first go to it, I thought, okay, I'm a brand new person. When I go to the website, is there any place for me without moving to click either play or subscribe or anything? And it just, you just have a wall of text. Have you done some work on it since we last spoke? Yes. Okay, because it's yes. looking neater than it is. I'm like, he's yeah. been working on this a bit. But when I came here, there's no play button, which again, is not the end of the world, but it's just something well, I'm usually looking for. The, uh, the synopsis button, essentially, mm-hmm. that allows us to get shorter uh, shorter views of what you go to when you when you get there, mm-hmm. instead of it being one episode that's five and six pages of show notes. You click that and make it a shorter listing. Unfortunately, what it does in the format and theme that I have it also removes the instant play button. Ah, where you're looking at inside of this screen where it says Air Force One. Yeah. If you click where it says Air Force One, the text there. Yeah, that'll actually take me through to the full episode. It's sadly right after there too. It's just right there. The the thing that that for me, I, I wish there was a way, and I'm sure there is. Uh, with this whole tag cloud, just that drives me bonkers. Um, I, I sent notes to uh, the gentleman that operates that that theme, mm-hmm. and I have heard back from him. But my, my, I'm with you. If I could have all of the all of the tag cloud on the bottom, I'm I'm absolutely good. With that. Yeah, uh, but you've got the the player there. I'm. Uh, we should also say if you listen to the last episode. Curious Goods was not in Apple Podcasts, and we can now happily report that Curious Goods is now in Apple Podcasts. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. because of the strength and power and influence well of Dave Jackson. <laughs> no, I wish, so but you've got your links to to all the different directories, which is great. Your show notes are always way, way you know super detailed. If you mention anything longer than two seconds, it's in your uh, your show notes. So when when somebody thinks about reviews of insert name of movie, mm. we want to be the definitive resource listing for whatever it is they're going to be going to look for. And that's across every brand of anything that we talk about, not just what kind of what. Yeah, I think you definitely uh succeed there because the show notes are stellar. I love the subscribe, the call to action subscribe right up top where you can get it in iTunes or Stitcher or whatever that happens to be. The thing I appreciate most about this, we talked about this a little last time, was the the style guide kind of remains consistent. The fonts and everything are consistent throughout the page, uh, which just cleans it up a little bit. It, because there's so much text and so much content on here, the more consistent we can make the fonts, the less cluttered it will look. And I think this looks a lot cleaner than hmm. the last time we uh, we looked at the other website. So I like that about it. The black background becomes a little fatiguing to me. I think it works with your horror podcast because it kind of gives that ambiance. I don't, I'm, I'm not a web expert by any means. It's just if I spend a lot of time on this, I find my eyes get very tired when I'm trying to read white on black rather than black on white or sure. some other color. Sure. 
But overall, I think it's clean and you can find stuff that you have a lot in your show notes, but it doesn't look like it's a cluttered mess and hard to find. It's bulleted. It's very succinct and, and easy to find. You have nice headers, which lead me right to where I need to go. So overall, I, I like it. Yeah, the graphics look great. Uh, even even I saw that on every episode. You have some this this featured image is is always great. Well, Mike, I often wonder why why people are part of a network when the when the shows on the network never reference any other show on the network. It's like what then what's the purpose of being on a network if you're not gonna if you're not gonna help the network grow, right? And so the the fact that you actually use your network. Uh, for the purposes of being a network and helping the network grow, that's yeah. kudos to you because not many people do that. I'm part of the Skip and Wiz uh, podcast network, and you're like, I don't even know what the hell that means. Like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Dave had a really great episode of, I think it was an Ask the Podcast Coach episode, and it was focusing on. Dave, was it why you need to join or should you join? Yeah, it was the the school of podcasting. It was should I start my own network, and yeah. then. Uh, or should I join a network? Because in some cases, I always say, ask somebody who's on the network and ask them for before and after numbers. Because a lot of times they're like, oh, yeah, uh, come here. We'll take control of your feed. We're going to take control of your stuff in iTunes. And, oh, by the way, we'll put a banner on the website for you. And you're like, no, no, thank you. And not only that, but the personal growth that, again, I'm totally biased, but the growth that the people on the network as talent should also get from being involved with something right. like a network, because you're supposed to have that, that positive splash damage by interacting with other people on the network. It's a yeah. good thing. Well, that's, right. what, that's what they do at podcast one. I mean, that's how Jordan Harbinger gets to talk to Adam Carolla. They're on the same network. The only other thing I saw at almost four hours long, your file came in at 323 megabytes, and I think we pointed this out last week. You, you are exporting at 192 kilobits per second stereo, and had you exported that at what most people feel is high, so you're like above the high, like you're, there's high, and then there's like, wow, really, really high, and um, had you exported this at 128 stereo, it would have been 235 megabytes, so you would have saved 100 megabytes, don't know if that's a huge deal on somebody's phone. It just takes longer and things like that. But it was just like, sure. it's a huge deal. And it's Chris's fault. Wanted uh, to make sure that I, <laughs> okay. to me, guys, I don't know what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> when we started talking megabytes and file conversions, yeah. Chris just glazed over. He was like, I don't have any idea what any of this Chris means. Is like, or why I, can. I was waiting to talk kilobits per second. All right. Yeah. Now finally ready. we got yeah. here. Yeah. It took too now long. The show begins. Yeah. So all in all, like I say, as we kind of wrap this up, A, I was really surprised that it took me two hours to even look at my phone because you you held my attention that long. And that's I think that's when you guys were talking about maybe even the dam or something that I was like, what? Um, I really enjoyed the cop stories. That's for me. That's when I when I say the film school stuff, I that's what I would have left because to me, if it was just like nonstop. Here's what they did in the movie. That's not how they do it in real life. Here's what happens in real life. Cool cop story. Here's what's happening in the movie. And less about the I, – and I understand now because you have two authors on there. You didn't bring them on because they're authors, though. You brought them on because they're cops. So I would ignore the storytelling stuff. You're here because you're a cop, not because you're a, a storyteller. That, to me, would have been like, wow, this is like the best episode ever. Not that, again, that it was bad, but that's the stuff that I would 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 leave off. So, Eric, what were your thoughts? 
I love the stories. I think the stories that you include are fantastic. If you're going to bring an author on who was a former cop and is now an author, I would play that up and use that perspective. You know, we, we're bringing Mikey on. Uh, Mikey was a 20-year vet, retired from the force. Now he's written three novels. And so, Mike, when you write a novel, is it how is yeah. writing different than what actually happens in real life? And he goes, well, we know that's never going to happen in real life, but we're writing a book and we have to keep people engaged. So we, we kind of change it and adjust it and twist it a little bit to make it engaging. If he's an author and you're approaching subjects because of he's an author, then let's play it up. Let's use that as his as part of his superpower and uh, use that toward his credibility. Right. So this is um, author notes in the in the intro. So he's there. We, we later featured Pat, I think. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. In fact, I think there's an ad for Pat's book inside of the, the advertisement section. But you're right. That's, you know, the, the reason that we're bringing people on is because they're cops, because they're law enforcement perspectives. And uh, But if I can help them sell their books and make some money, I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have any problem with that. It's okay. just let's make it clear that they're also an author and, let you know, mentioning it once in a four hour show may not be quite enough. So. Sure. Overall, I love the I love the stories. I love the I love the variety of perspectives that you had on the show. There's so many people there. Give them a tag so I can remember who the ponytail guy is and who the who the guy from the south side is. Refer to them by name a little more just so I can kind of I can start to uh, pair the name, the voice to the name. Um, but other than that, I, I love the content. I love the stories. I thought four hours was going to feel long, but it, it moved. You guys got into some great stories and I didn't want the stories to end. I wanted Rick to tell a few more. So he had a few more. We just, <laughs> I bet. Five hour podcast. it'll be in the sequel. Yeah. It's but, a good show. I enjoy it. Cause there was somebody there that sounded, I don't know. Maybe could have called him, you know, young Skippy or whatever his name. There was somebody who apparently was the youngest of the crowd. I'm not sure which one that would be. That, that, Oh, no, it, it's no, Tommy. Tommy's definitely yeah. Because there was something he's like, "Look, I'm sorry, it wasn't I? Th- I was like six when that happened, or whatever." Right, yeah, right. That was awesome. And like, it was kind of like, okay, so now I'm starting, <laughs> and I'm I'm again theater of the minding. I'm like, okay, this guy's younger. He's got black hair. Uh, Rick has gray hair. He's got a probably a a, a suede leather jacket on. I'm I'm drawing the whole picture. With patches, in. yeah, yes. with patches. patches exactly. So yep. awesome. Well, everybody, you can find. Mike and Chris over again whatcopswatch.com I love the way you did that at the end of the show Eric where can people find you find me anytime every time at podcasttalentcoach.com and Dave which one are you promoting today schoolofpodcasting.com is where you can find me I'm gearing up for the the last episode of the year is where my audience chimes in with what is your absolute favorite uh, podcast and why so, and if you'd like to have your podcast reviewed, simply go over to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. Thanks for listening and watching. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the podcast review show. This podcast is part of the power of podcasting network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time.